0: Thank you very much. You are listening to WETF, the jazz station, South Bend, Indiana, and this is the Jazz Focus. I'm your host, John Clark, happy to be sharing some very good jazz with you this week, and hope you're making time in your week to listen a little bit. We're going to be focusing on uh, recordings made by a particular group during a particular time period this week, uh, the Benny Goodman Quartet, with a little digression to the Benny Goodman Trio, and uh, we're going to be focusing on a time period from March of 1938 all the way up to through the end of the year, more or less. And why are we doing that? Because there was a stable personnel in this group. Of course, this was a, a small group derived out of the Benny Goodman big band. And Goodman, uh, the great clarinet player, was known as the King of Swing. And he was the first to get public recognition for his contributions to the swing era. In fact, his band is often considered uh, one of the foundations of the big band swing era, even though he was uh, developing his uh, ideas from uh, the music of some of the black bands from an earlier period, Fletcher Henderson's band in particular. Goodman was an out-and-out jazz player. Uh, He was born in 1909 in Chicago, and he, by his own admission, got his jazz kicks not so much from the big band, although he loved doing that, but from the small groups that he featured within the big band, and that was a practice that had gone back to the 1920s. the uh some of the groups in the 1920s like ben pollock's orchestra would feature a small uh, ensemble playing hot jazz in between big band numbers or during breaks and so forth and benny goodman was part of that group with ben pollock also groups like the georgians and the virginians and so forth were uh, small jazz oriented groups that were taken out of larger ensembles like paul whiteman's band so goodman uh when he founded his big band in 1934 uh, for the Let's Dance broadcast in early 1935 he always featured uh, small ensembles. So initially it was called the Jam Dandies or the Jim Dandies which was really kind of a Dixieland group a six or seven piece band playing just jam session versions of jazz standards. Uh, sometimes on broadcast there are a couple of live uh, versions of that and they did make a studio recording under G- Gene Krupa's name as well. But when he uh, started working with Teddy Wilson, 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 the great African-American jazz pianist, he took Wilson on the road with his otherwise all white band, which caused all kinds of problems in the South and different places, but Goodman thought so highly of Teddy Wilson and his playing, he uh, went to bat for him in many ways and had Wilson playing in the Goodman Trio, and Goodman Uh, Teddy Wilson and Gene Krupa made a number of recordings starting about 1935, and then after about a year were joined by the African-American vibraphonist Lionel Hampton, whom they met out in the West Coast. And with the success of the Goodman Band, the Goodman small groups became quite successful in their own right, recording for RCA Victor and their subsidiary Bluebird label, uh, making quite a series of recordings during the mid to late 1930s. And eventually the the group uh, expanded into quintet and then sextet form with Charlie Christian on guitar. Tarr, Cootie Williams, Georgie Ald, a lot of uh, different people as time went on. But this short period that we are discussing from March of 1938 uh, until the end of the year uh, featured the first uh, replacement in the Benny Goodman small ensembles of this period. Gene Krupa had left right after the Carnegie Hall concert in January of 1938 to found his own band. He and uh, Goodman butted heads in a lot of ways, uh, and uh, as his replacement, Goodman brought on one of his old uh, sidekicks in Chicago, or somebody he knew from Chicago in his early days, the drummer Davy Tuff. And Dave Tuff was born two years before Goodman, 1907, and became known as one of the Austin High School gang, even though he probably wasn't officially part of that uh, group, but he played quite a lot in those early days with Jimmy McPartland and even Frank Teshmark or Bud Freeman and so forth. Uh, he was a very well-trained drummer. He was a good reader. He played in many big bands, including Goodman's, uh, Tommy Dorsey's, Artie Shaw briefly. Later on, he was with uh, Woody Herman's great Four Brothers Band, and or actually the pre-Four Brothers band, the, uh, one of the first herds, and he was considered sort of a modern drummer at that point, even though we think of him today as more of a traditional jazz drummer. So the group we heard on the first number, which was Sweet Georgia Brown, was the Benny Goodman Quartet, and that featured, of course, Benny Goodman on clarinet, Teddy Wilson on piano, Lionel Hampton on vibes, and Dave Tuff on drums. That came from a Victor uh, uh, studio session in October, October 12th of 1930 19- We're going to be hearing a mix of live and studio recordings today. We followed that up with a great uh, ballad uh, performance of Sweet Lorraine, which was the theme song of one of Goodman's influences. The clarinet Jimmy Noon from New Orleans, who was active in Chicago when uh, Goodman was coming up. In fact, they took lessons from the same clarinet teacher at one point. That was recorded on March 25th of 1938, and it's kind of interesting in that Goodman uh, was not playing his usual B-flat clarinet. According to Leonard Feather, who was at the session, he was playing an A clarinet, which is more for orchestral playing or classical playing and at that time Goodman was rehearsing some of his first classical performances uh, on a national level uh, playing the Mozart uh, clarinet quintet and some other things besides so presumably he was working on that a clarinet so puts uh, Teddy Wilson uh, into a uh, an unusual key Uh, but Wilson was certainly up to the challenge and that recording was our only Uh, recording for today by the Benny Goodman Trio, and it's the only Trio recording that I'm aware of that Dave Tuff plays on. Usually when Goodman uh, featured a Trio, uh, at this time he switched Lionel Hampton over to drums. So we're going to go on to another uh, recording from that uh, October 12, 1938 session. This is George Gershwin's Great Standard. It's wonderful. Then we're going to follow that up with a Chicago tune called Sugar, Again, uh, actually that one from the March 25th, 1938 session. Then we're going to go to our first live performance. This is a tune called Benny Sent Me, and there are quite a few original numbers done by this group. This was from August 30th of 1938 and was broadcast from Detroit. Goodman's band and small groups were featured on the Camel Caravan programs from the mid-1930s, 36 or so, up through 1939. Some of these are taken from the Camel Caravan. Some of these were just uh, recorded off the air by collectors, I'm not sure which is which, but they do feature the same personnel. Then we're going to have two more Victor uh, recordings. One is the great tune, I Must Have That Man, which um, was done in Chicago in October 12th of 1938, again for Victor, and then finish up from the same date with the original tune, Opus One Half. So those are our tunes by the Benny Goodman Quartet featuring Dave Tuff. It's wonderful. Sugar, Benny Sent Me, I Must Have That Man, and Opus One Half. Very fine chamber jazz playing from 1938 the Benny Goodman Quartet featuring Goodman of course on clarinet, Teddy Wilson on piano, Lionel Hampton on vibraphone and Dave Tuff on drums and uh, the last number we heard Opus One Half from October of 1938 really shows I think the differences between this quartet and the previous one that had Gene Krupa very light and very um, forward developing, I guess you'd have to say. With Krupa, it was very heavy. He was a heavy drummer, although an excellent drummer. Uh, And Goodman played quite differently, I think, with him than he did with Tuff. Tuff really sort of made a lot more space available within the ensemble. That opus one half had a kind of an interesting eight bar chromatic uh, tune, but the uh, soloists took on the blues progression for their solos as well. This band didn't record too too many blues, but we're going to hear a couple more coming up in just a few minutes. Before that, we heard the ballad from the 1920s, I Must Have That Man, from the same date, October 12th of 1938 in Chicago. Before that, we heard that first live recording we're going to hear. The next set will be mostly live. Uh, we are here heard, rather, Benny Sent Me, from uh, a date in Detroit in August of 1938, a nice up-tempo rousing version, and you'll see that the... Um, live versions of these recordings tend to be much more uh, abandoned, much more intense than studio versions. When musicians get in the studio they tend to be a lot more careful than they do on live dates when they think no one's really paying attention or will be able to listen back later on. But uh, some of these live recordings from the 30s really preserve an immense amount of energy and excitement uh, in the, the songs and the improvisations. And we started out that set with two tunes from RCA Victor and the Bluebird label Swonderful from October 12th of 1938, and sugar from March 25th of 1938. And so both of those uh, feature the very relaxed playing, I guess you'd have to say, of the Benny Goodman Quartet. And Tuff did some really interesting rhythmic patterns in these performances. When Going back to our our, our initial set with Sweet Lorraine, we heard a kind of a, a 12-8 figure a shuffle beat figure on the, the uh, snare drum with brushes, which Krupa never did. Uh, it almost looks forward to... Uh, 10 years later, and Tuff uh, is playing with the Woody Herman band. And with Opus One Half. at the end of this previous set, we heard some double-time figures done very, very quietly, uh, which, again, was not a Krupa trademark, but Dave Tuff really made the most of that. So Tuff was born, as I said, in 1907, Oak Park, uh, Chicago, Oak Park, uh, Illinois, which is just outside of Chicago. He was an epileptic, and uh, that was a condition that haunted him for most of his life, and probably was at the root of very heavy drinking. So he could control some of his seizures. Uh, he died in the late 1940s in a fall. He was coming out of a hospital, walking down the street, and he fell and hit his head after he had a seizure, I guess, and uh, died on the spot. Sadly, uh, he certainly recorded quite a lot. Louis Armstrong referred to. Him him as the best white drummer he ever heard, although he uh, qualified that by saying only when he could stay off the juice, uh, because he was known as quite a heavy drinker. He was also an intellectual and an artist. He was uh, a writer of sorts. He and uh, some of the other Chicago musicians, especially Bud Freeman, uh, were really uh, involved in arts outside of music as well. George Wetling, the drummer, was also a very fine painter, and Pee Wee Russell became a very fine painter towards the end of his life as well. So we're going to hear a tune to begin our next set, a live version of a tune called Dizzy Spells, which had been recorded at the Carnegie Hall concert in January of 1938, featuring Krupa, and so this makes a good comparison with that. They also did this in the studio, uh, but I decided to take the live version, which was done in New York on November 15th of 1938, and get a nice up-tempo, very uh, light performance. Then we're going to hear two uh, recordings made for Victor, uh, these are the blues performances I mentioned, and it was uh, two sides of a '78 record: the blues in your flat and the blues in my flat. And those were done on March 25th of 1938 on Tuff's first session with this group, and also features a Lionel Hampton vocal as well as him on vibraphone and Teddy Wilson, Dave Tuff, and Benny Goodman. Then we're going to hear two very uptempo performances. From uh, the Goodman Group, uh, a little bit later, June of 1938. Both these recorded in Boston. We hear, we will hear. I found a new baby and digga digga doo Both Goodman specialties, uh, with the big band as well as the small group. So that's our set. This is going to be a, a, an energetic set. Dizzy spells the blues in your flat, the blues in my flat. I found a new baby and digga digga do. Tonight they get plenty of time to break up. Dizzy spells.
1: I cried whiskey instead of crying salt water tears I would never be sober babe for another 25 years 25 years yeah, now give me back that wig I bought you and let your hair go crazy. Give me back that wig I brought you And let your head go cold With this Benny Goodman swing, babe You don't need no hat
2: Trustees Professor Goodman, Teddy Wilson, Lionel Hampton, and Dave Tubbs with I Found the New Baby. the trustees is winding up on digga a doo That's the professor and his clarinet, Teddy Wilson at the piano, Lionel Hampton at the vibraphone, and Dave Tuff on the drum. Pitch, boys.
0: heavy-duty swing there with the Benny Goodman Quartet. We finished up with Digga-Digga-Doo. I had given you the wrong date on that one. That was actually June 7th of 1938 from Cleveland, and most if not all of these live performances uh, today were taken from the Camel Caravan broadcast. You can hear some announcing here and there on some of them. So prior to that, we heard, I found a new baby from Boston on June 14th of 1938. And all of these feature, uh, some wonderful interactive playing between the four members of this group. I'd mentioned, uh, it was called chamber jazz, and that's a good, uh, good term, uh, to, to use in chamber music and classical music. Of course, there's a lot of interaction physically between the players as they're playing their parts and here physically, mentally, what have you, this all has to meld into one unit as it did very well. When Krupa left the band, uh, Many fans thought that the Goodman groups were never going to be the same, but Dave Tuff uh, introduced a very different uh, take on drums for both the big band and the small groups, and it inspired Goodman uh, in a lot of ways. Tuff, as I mentioned, was not terribly dependable. He uh, had an alcohol problem, he had uh, epilepsy issues, and he he left the band somewhere in the fall, late fall of 1938 and was replaced by Buddy Schutz, who was a little bit more of a middle-of-the-road drummer, but he stayed with the group for a while. So we started out that set with Dizzy Spells, a live performance from November of 1938, one of Tufts' last engagements with the group. That was from New York, and we heard that interesting little chromatic figure in the uh, melody of that tune, and that had been recorded commercially as well as uh, a live broadcast from the Carnegie Hall concert, and a very up-tempo performance uh, of that. And you can hear some of the the things that the group worked out in terms of close harmony and uh, parts that were uh, united that picked up where one left off, and so forth. In a way, it was almost a precursor to bebop. Um, The bebop players, uh, especially Charlie Parker, said that they admired Goodman and the small groups in particular. And then after that, we heard that two-sided Victor recording of the blues in your flat and the blues in my flat. Goodman was uh, a pretty good blues player, uh, and he was not usually given credit for that. But at different points in his career, he made some excellent blues recordings, especially uh, when the group around him was uh, sensitive to, to, to the form and the, and the feeling of the blues, as this one was. So we heard Benny Goodman on clarinet with Teddy Wilson on piano, Lionel Hampton on vibraphone and vocals on those sides, and Dave Tuff on drums. So I hope you've enjoyed this program. My name is John Clark. This is The Jazz Focus. We're going to hear a couple more tunes, both live uh, from different broadcasts. We're going to hear Moonglow, the uh, tune that was the first recording by the Goodman Quartet a few years earlier. But this is a live version from May of 1938 in New York. And then we're going to finish up with a curiosity, a short version of a tune called Joseph Joseph, which had uh, some legs due to the Andrews sisters version. It was actually a klezmer tune or a Jewish tune called Yassel Yassel. And Uh, Goodman had come up playing klezmer music. I have to wonder if maybe this was a tune that he knew from his boyhood. I don't know how old it was, but this is very much in the swing uh, milieu. And we have some brilliant drumming by uh, Dave Tuff that builds to an incredible climax, bringing the rest of the group with it. And this was recorded in May of 1938 in Boston. So thank you again. You've been listening to WETF, the jazz station South Bend, Indiana. This is the Jazz Focus, and my name is John Clark.